coming in. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, in the opposite corner, my mano y mano, my verbal sparring partner, none other than the Iron One, Wildress Ruffin. What's going on, Ruff? I'm here, boys. You know what time it is, right? Yes, It's smoke o'clock. Well, let me give you your intro because lately I've been giving you an intro because you've been starting mess early on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the man with his own T-shirt, the voice. Voice, how are you this week, sir? That's a good question. Um, yesterday I was a a, a little down. Um, the mm-hmm. weather change caught me. You know, so I'm about 75, 70, 75% now, and I'm normally about 80 85 so I'm, I'm doing all right doing all right got my my easter shirt on you know i'm feeling good i see i feel like i'm underdressed i'm i'm here with i just got felicia rashad with me so I don't hey you know what that's uh that's easter um sunday morning uh christmas mother's day all wrapped up in one you you you're only at 80 percent, but you got that glow so we already know the voice of Leroy Glow is here. So let's just go ahead and get into KOs and low blows because we got a great show starting. Voice. Yes, sir. I, I, I know this weekend you had a ball because it was a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of great combat sports going on. But this past weekend, Izzy Adesanya, the last style bender, whatever you want to call him this week, he regained his middleweight championship with a very decisive win over Alex Perrier. Uh, and after the bout, immediately the first question everybody asked was, what's next for the champ? Uh, we know an immediate rematch may not happen. That is a that is an amazing shot that <laughs> that they got. I saw that literally mm-hmm. trending uh everywhere. Um, voice, what did you feel about that bout and where does Izzy go next? Man, uh, as far as the bout is concerned, it, w- it was a really good fight. I wanted to know what the judges thought of round one because I gave it to uh Izzy, but my boy Harry, who goes and, and watches the fights with me, he said I was at home. I was like, How? I was like, He, you know, he was the one who was pushing the the fight which is i was so happy about because he didn't really push the fight the first time uh they fought at least in mma he was bringing a fight uh to potato you know he he was doing his thing seemed like he had uh, cage control and you know he had some of the more effective strikes although those leg kicks were doing major damage izzy played it off well though and then in the second round he had everybody fooled, present company included. Uh, he being Izzy went to the cage and started turtling. That was like, oh no, oh no, he, he got him, he got him, he got him hurting. He looked like he had him hurt. Hit him with that body shot. I was like, oh, that hurts. 
uh, then uh, with the knee. But the knee didn't get all the way through. And Izzy rolled with it a little bit, which made it look a lot worse than what it was. Kept his eyes open. Mop, mop. Set him up with the one, two. Then came back with the two. Hit him with the uh, the four. It was done. Head bouncing off the canvas. Then uh, added a hammer fist just for uh, uh, good measure. It was phenomenal. I was screaming uh, in the, the place, jumping up. Took my hat off. I'm, I'm looking like I'm ready to punch somebody. Uh, uh, high-fiving. Total strangers. It, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah, you know, and it was, <laughs> of course, not without controversy, um, as Pereira, uh recently, actually earlier today, uh, made comments about uh, Izzy um, being petty to his child and mocking oh, yeah. his son uh, for what his son uh, technically previously did to Izzy uh, in the ring. What was your thoughts on that? And uh, with with everything that happened, Matt Brown recently stated that Izzy is top five all time. Do you feel like that that's the truth? If he's speaking about the middleweight division, yes, absolutely. Um, probably top two. Only person that's ahead of him that I can think of is Anderson. Uh, really, nobody else there. Now, top five of all time overall? Gotta pump your brakes. This is the same situation we had with um, Alexander Volkanovich. Like, oh, if he beats uh, uh, Islam, you know, he's got to be top five. Oh, I was like, okay, so y'all forget about Anderson, y'all forget about uh, uh, Amanda and Fatal. You know, that's three already. You know, we haven't even talked about GSP, you know, it's, it's and you know, you got John Jones in there. It's so many different people that's like, that's not fair to say. Uh, but as far as middleweight's concerned, absolutely. Uh, I know we were supposed to talk about who. Uh, they face next right uh izzy i don't know and i've, I've been looking into it to see because at the post right press conference he was talking about some you know uh i don't want to talk about my elders and i was like elders you know an elder statesman was like who like i, I don't know but uh ddp and that's not diamond dallas page but that's uh Drake's <laughs> Plessy. He came out and said recently, oh, yeah, yeah, he was talking about me. The person he said he wouldn't talk about, that was me. I'm like, now, as far as a clout thing, which is what Izzy said, that was smart not to say anything, because if he did, that would have uh, given more uh, reason for that fight to take place. Mm-hmm. You know, I the, I could see that happening. And primarily, I could see it happening because Hamza fumbled the bag. Hamza hadn't fought since last year like november or so of last year uh when he fumbled the bag at that point would have been fighting for the uh the title at 170 if he didn't come in at 185 so he should have fought by now if he had fought by now or even if he fights like in june they could run it and and put Hamzat in you know for the title he fumbled the bag so since he fumbled the bag Diamond Dallas, I mean, not Diamond Dallas Page. I said it wasn't Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> this would Drake, be perfect for Crispy right now. Drake is Duplessis should be the one if we don't get Powtan 3. I really see him going up to uh, 205. 
and uh, fighting there because he wants to avenge Glover. And there's really nothing more for him to do here. He's going to have to fight probably a couple times because the only reason they gave him uh, the fight in the first place was because of his history with Izzy. Now, could they run it back again right after? Yeah, they could. But I, I just, that's not what I want to see. Let him go on to 205 uh, and do his thing there and, you know, kind of open things up. That That's what I would like to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talking about Pareto, Pareto now. You already moved on. You moved past me and just went right into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went went into, into uh, Pile 10 because there's really not much for Izzy mm-hmm. at 185. He's beaten everybody with the exception of uh, DDP. Yeah, Izzy made comments after the fight when they asked about a possible rematch, and he even alluded to uh, Alex moving up and stating, you know, he's going to give that next weight class a problem, and he's like, good good for them. It seemed like he was a little bit relieved after that. Now, there was a lot of a backlash I actually saw um, for Pereira after the fight, from everything from um, talking about his four-ounce gloves to people feeling like he cut too much. Um, as far as his weight, what are your thoughts on that also uh, as he prepares to make that decision? Uh, the weight cut is the reason that I believe he will go up to 205 because he is a huge human being. Like, he has to cut a lot of weight to make mm-hmm. 185. A lot of people say, oh, you know, he may do it. You know, maybe he'll just do it, you know, one more time. And I'm thinking, why do it one more time if all you're going to do is do it one more time? If you win the belt, now you got the division all messed up. Uh Dana also talked about him moving up to uh, 205. And again, as long as Jamal Hill, even if Jamal Hill isn't the champion, there's a storyline there uh, because, you know, let's say he fights twice. He fights uh, someone lower on the rung at, you know, 205. Uh, He already talked about filling in for Yuri Prochaska because it sounds like he may be still hurt. You know, so th- there are different things that he can do. You know, if he gets a, a uh, intro fight and then you know, if Jamal Hill loses to whomever and right. he were to fight him, you know, like he can fight Jan uh, in, in his first fight and, you know, do some things. That's somebody, too, though. Let me go back, take a step back, because um, Jan Blahovich talked about going to 185 and uh, doing it again with Izzy. I don't see him making 185. I I can see uh, Powhatan making 185 again before I see uh, Jan making it. But hey, if you want to try it, go go ahead and try it. That uh, that would be interesting. But yeah, that that's what I see happening. I'm sorry, you said something about the whole pettiness. As you said, I'm petty. That's why I did it. And if you've seen uh, the videos, not granted, it's a little boy, uh, but he did fall out just like Izzy fell out uh, when they were fighting in kickboxing. You know, and he said, "Okay, then. So let me let me show you how it feels." You know, and granny still kids. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's there's a bit of of classlessness and tastelessness there. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you are admittedly petty, you do these kind of things. Hey, you know what you know. You got to learn sometimes. Now, before we actually move on, uh, out of chaos and low blows, I want to get your final thoughts. Shakur Stevenson with a convincing win Saturday against Yoshino. I, I think he was playing, y'all must have forgot before the bout, because he literally made everybody remember 
who he was. Immediately after the bout, uh, a lot of the questions was what was next for him. And one of the things that he immediately said was, where's Haney at? Mm -hmm. I want to get your thoughts on what's next for Shakur. And how bad do we want to see him and Haney finally get into that ring after years of seeing that sparring video between the two? Now, as far as wanting to see them get in the ring together, oh, that's that is what everyone would like to see next. But I stated last week when we talked about this that I don't think that's what we'll see next. Um, Devin Haney literally looked like Skeletor the last time he weighed in at 135, and now he's you know, he even older and he doesn't do anything but keep getting older and growing into his grown man weight. I don't see that being uh, something that happens. I see uh, if Loma wins, I see him fighting Loma. Um, I see Devin going up and it's just way too many moving pieces to say who he'd fight. Should he fight Tank? Yes. But again, way too many moving pieces. Uh, Zapata's there. Who knows? Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's KOs and low blows. We're going to take a real quick with, break with uh, the Ozell brand. I can't speak today. When we come back, we got some great things to cover. Uh, the WBO interim world heavyweight title bout. That's going to be great on that undercard. We got the voices marquee matchup. And finally, the UFC returns to Kansas City for the first time since 2017. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's not just about the love of the game. It's about dedication and commitment through the process and the patience to endure. There's joy in reaching your goals and peace in knowing you've done all you're supposed to do. Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. and welcome back welcome back voice we got some great bouts to get into today uh not a whole lot but it's, it's it's some goodness going on now this saturday at the copper box arena in the queen elizabeth olympic park in london england uh joe joyce is going to be defending his wbo interim world heavyweight title against big bang zili zang i love that name now while joyce is completely focused on the current bout it doesn't mean that he's not thinking about the future. And that literally looks like setting up a major bout with fellow Brit Tyson Fury. Now, Joyce said it's something that he has considered so long, he's been preparing just in case since the announcement that Fury and Usyk camps have actually stopped talking. Now, he stated recently, I'm hoping for that fight. He literally told Boxing Scene, me and Tyson Fury will be a great British summer fight. That's why I'm fighting the Southpaw now, because I'm getting prepared for one of these title fights, Usyk or Tyson Fury. I'm ready. With Fury, it's a massive fight. Everyone wants to see it, and it's a great fight in the making. Now, Joyce, who is technically a mandatory challenger for Usyk right now, first needs to overcome the 2008 Olympic silver medalist, who, until a greatly debated <laughs> unanimous decision loss last August, had been undefeated uh, with uh, 19 knockouts. Now, at 39, however, this may be the last major opportunity for Big Bang, and he hopes that his dreams not only opens the door for a world title bout, but for more Chinese boxers. 
Uh, he recently stated, my goal is to open up a field for Chinese boxers and add our names to the heavyweight competitions. It's not an easy trip here, but I feel like I'm getting closer to my dream. My dream is to win the world championship. That title belt is important. So, voice, two fighters, both with the same goal in mind. Big Bang is literally, I mean, he was undefeated up until the loss, which a lot of people felt like was kind of contested and could have went both ways. What are your thoughts on Joyce's words and what should we be expecting from this bout between these two? My thought on Joyce's words are that these are his words. This is what he wants to see happen. There's a little bit of a problem with that, though. And it's his promoter, Frank Warren. Those are not his words. Frank Warren also promotes uh, Tyson Fury, which is why when he was like, yeah, you know, and I, I want to fight Tyson Fury. It's like, you could have fought him. <laughs> if the promoter lets him fight him. But he's got a, a, a different plan in place. And understandably so. He's looking at it more from a business perspective. If Joyce uh, can fight Usyk, who is the mandatory, and uh, he has him in, Frank Warren has Joyce in here uh, with Zhang for that reason, because Zhang is also a lefty like Usyk is. So this is really to get him ready for that bout. But if he can fight Usyk and beat Usyk, then you've got a unification bout for all the titles under one uh management group because yeah he could have fought uh fury anytime there's nothing stopping him except for his promoter uh who also promotes him so you know that that's what i think about his statements uh you know joyce is, is doing his thing he has beaten you know everyone uh, that they've put in front of him and done so in a fairly dominant fashion uh, he's beaten the likes of Danny Dubois and Brian Jennings. And though he wants, uh, th though Warren wants Usyk next, again, like you said, that's not necessarily what uh, Joyce wants. We'll see what happens. But uh, more than likely, I see uh, see Usyk as being next if he can get past Jean. Now, Jean, you know, he's looking to bounce back, like you said, from his first defeat in his last bout. Uh, which was super duper close as you stated very very close Zhang um every time he steps up to the plate you know against major uh opposition it has not gone his way the only other notable fight that he has on his record is with Jerry Force two years ago and that was a um, majority draw mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see if he can break through against Joyce and uh, do this that would shake things up and I know he said he wants to make a way for Chinese boxers and Chinese heavyweights according to box rate it's only one other Chinese heavyweight so I don't know how, how much uh, movement he can make for the uh, Chinese heavyweight boxing scene but Chinese boxing scene yeah well, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, about both of them are literally considered heavy hitters now Joyce who's definitely known for his power punches He's won all but one of his 15 fights by KO. That's including Daniel Dubois and uh, Joseph Parker to actually win that interim title. So that's going to be an interesting fight uh, to see uh, two large men literally going at it for, for one goal in mind is always exciting. Now, on that same card is this week's Voices Marquee matchup, which I'm going to give you the spotlight. 
is going to see two top-ranked women in boxing meeting in the lightweight division. Tell us this week more. Tell us more about this week's marquee matchup. Man, this is the voices marquee matchup because of the spotlight that's on it. You know, you have Katie Taylor in her bounce back fight from her first loss, a loss that uh, I won't necessarily say was disputed, but I believe it was a split decision. So, you know, there were some questions about it. It could have gone either way and it did not go her way. And she's been talking all this uh, talk to Alicia Baumgartner about, you know, how they need to to run it back. And uh, that's not happening. And she's mad about that. So then she goes to fight a whole weight class higher. That's interesting to me. It's like, why would you go a weight class up if you really want to get back at uh, Baumgartner? Well, you're not going to get it fighting a weight class up. But what you can possibly get is a fight with uh, the biggest name in women's boxing. Sorry, Clarissa Shields. It's not you. It <laughs> is Katie Taylor. Um you know, so you're coming up and wait for the first time and you're facing somebody in Medusa who is no joke. Uh, kind of like Jean, every time she's faced the best of the best, things haven't quite worked out for her. Uh, but to her credit, the only losses she's had have been in title fights. She lost to Delphine Pursun at 135, which is where this fight is taking place. She lost to Katie Taylor at 140 which is where she's been plying her trade for the last couple fights Mm -hmm. she's never lost in a non-title fight or you know if it's been a non-title fight she's been victorious and she has a higher ko percentage than michaela mayer does she's also older and she's been fighting longer now granted she doesn't have as many rounds as taylor does she has like 30 or 40 less professional rounds but she's been fighting, you know, a couple years more. Right. Whereas, you know, this is the first time we're going to see Katie Taylor at this weight class. Is this, you know, too much for her? We don't know. I know that she's got to get this one to get back on track, uh, whether Taylor is in her future or not. If she doesn't win, it is not going to be good at all for her. Uh, and I salute her. Because not only is she taking on uh, this fairly stiff challenge, but she's doing it in the UK. She's doing it on neutral ground. So that that makes it even more uh, interesting. Uh, Leterno or Leterdo Medusa <laughs> is from she's from uh, the Dominican, but she lives in Greece. So, again, this is a very um open market and you know you just don't know what's gonna happen but salute to mayor for going back to the uk uh for this fight yeah so um you caught you called michaela uh katie taylor a couple times and you always perfect you know what i mean okay so i'm gonna let you have it but i just want to remind you how you remind me about that butcher name so one more time then i'm gonna have to give you the butcher name this week. Uh, oh okay hey i, I ain't mad uh, I'm mad at that. Now, yeah. I, I, I love what you said, though. Uh, the one thing that I found really, really interesting is Michaela is literally, literally looking to recover. Look at me. Michaela is literally looking to recover <laughs> after uh, t- our producer is horrible. 
is looking to recover after tasting defeat against Alicia Baumgartner. But Medusa defeated Baumgartner in 2018 for the WBC International uh, Female uh, Super Featherweight title. So what are your thoughts on that? Should that play a decision in how we view this fight coming up, even though it was 2018? No, because fight math doesn't add up. Just because one person beats another person doesn't mean that uh, they'll beat someone else. Um, again, like you said, that was 2018. This is 2023. So that was five years ago when she was 30 years old versus being 35. Uh, that was five years ago. And at, uh, if you said super featherweight at 130, and this fight will take place at 135 when she's been fighting at 140, now she's mm-hmm. cutting down to it. So there, there are a lot of, of, things that are favorable in this matchup for um <laughs> mayor i was getting ready to say taylor again uh there's there are some things of that nature that are favorable for her uh but she's no you know just easy walking the park this is going to be a stiff test for mayor i think you're just excited because we're going to be talking about Kaylee Ta- uh, katie taylor coming up with her about may 20th uh so we've been talking about her in a couple weeks so you know, for everybody watching, that's why he's doing it. He's doing it on purpose to to, to feed y'all, you know, the excitement. So it's all good. <laughs> now, the UFC voice returns to your home state when it actually returns uh, to Kansas City for the first time since 2017. Mm-hmm. When UFC on ESPN airs live from the T-Mobile Center, when one of the featherweight division's best, Max Holloway, looks to recover after suffering his third loss to Alexander Volkanovsky at UFC 276. Now, Holloway is going to be looking to get back on track and position himself for another championship opportunity. But he's not going to have an easy task. He's going to be facing almighty Arnold Allen. Now, Allen in his own right, he's on a great run right now. He's won literally uh, his last 10 consecutive fights, and he sports a 19-1 record. Now, Allen is actually also hoping that a win against a big name like Holloway could catapult him to a championship opportunity. But for Max, he sees this as an opportunity that the decision makers continue to believe in him while still giving him another chance. Uh, he recently stated, if they didn't believe that I would get a fourth title fight, I think they would have probably forced my hand to go to 155 much sooner. We'll see what happens. If he beats, uh, if Volkanovski beats Yair, who's, who's after that? If I go out there and I put a statement on Arnold, who's after this? Put names in front of me. Yair is in front of me because he has an interim title belt. But in 2021, we just had a fight, and it was a great one. But we know who came out on top. Now, of Allen, I always say that I think he's good. Anybody who's sharing the octagon with me at this point in my career, they got to be great. They got to be put. They got to be good to put themselves in position to be fighting amongst the top five guys in the world. I think he's a great competitor, a great athlete, and a super great dude. I just can't wait, and he excites me. He reminds me a little of Jose Aldo. He has these little bursts in him, and I'm super excited to see where it unfolds. He fight likes once a year, so it's hard to say what he will do, but then every fight, he kind of comes out different, and some things are the same. So, voice with though with that statement from Howie, I mean, it's it's kind of like he 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 showed him love, but he was just like, 
you in the ring with greatness, my boy. So this is this is where I am. What are your thoughts on this? And Max Holloway possibly seeking a fourth title fight against Volkanovski after going 0-3. As far as this fight is concerned, um, it's going to be an exciting fight. This is the reason why Max Holloway is in this position. I mean, he, uh, whether he wants to believe it or not, um, as long as Volkanovski is the champion, he can only play gatekeeper. Uh, a fourth title shot may be in his uh, future and actually wouldn't be the fourth title shot. Another title shot may be in his future, but that's only if Yair beats Volkanovski. If he doesn't beat Volkanovski, then uh, Volkanovski will probably face uh, Mozart Evloev. And I could see him, uh, Evloev, being like a, a backup fighter on that card, weighing in just to make sure that the fight can go on if anyone uh, were to fall out. Uh, but being a gatekeeper is not a bad thing. It's not a bad job if you can get it. You know, he talked about his being forced to go up to 155. They're not going to force him to go up to 155. We saw what he looked like at 155 <laughs> when he fought uh, Poirier. And it wasn't good. He's just too little for that. So he needs to be rooting for Yair uh, since that's his only shot at UFC gold again outside of him maybe pulling a Jose Aldo and dropping down to 135. But I don't see that happening. Uh, but, you know, he is in the perfect position as a headliner for fight night cars because he demands attention whenever he steps into the ring uh, or the cage. Now, as far as Arnold Allen is concerned, Allen has got the machine behind him. He's got the UFC kind of pushing him along, and uh, he's one of those those uh, English fighters specifically, along with Molly McCann and Patty Pimblett, that really has the UFC excited right now. Um, you know, he's lost once in his career, and that was nine years ago. Since then, he hasn't lost once. Let's just look at his last five fights. He stopped Calvin Cater, and he stopped Dan Hooker. He beat Super Sadiq Yusuf, and uh, he he also beat Nick Lentz, and he retired Gilbert Melendez. All of this is in the UFC, and he's got other fights before that. That's just the last five. So if he is to get past the great uh, um, Max Holloway, yeah, then he's definitely next up for a title shot. You know, even though 145 can be a little crowded, uh, he, he's definitely next in line if he can beat Max Holloway, who arguably is probably the second best featherweight to ever fight. Yeah, you brought up some great points. Uh, one thing that uh, is great to note it's not going to be an easy fight for either one of them. In their boxing, in, I'm sorry, in their careers, neither fighter has ever been knocked out. Uh, Allen has 20 career fights, like you said. He's only seen defeat once in 2014, and that was by decision. Now, Holloway, uh, he does have uh, seven losses, but six of those come by decision in that one submission uh, against uh, Dustin Poirier, which you mentioned, that was back in 2012. Um, so that's definitely going to be an exciting bout. Looking forward to seeing how that uh, weighs out. 
uh, Arnold Allen literally gave a um, an interview recently and talked about his excitement and how he's really hoping that he does get that opportunity uh, to get that championship out because he he's like, hey, I'm never going to be ready. But he went back and he talked about that loss in 2014 and how it was literally, I believe, one of his first in the octagon and that he did not take it as serious as he should. Uh, he talked about in the first round how he was stunned. In the second round, he said, okay, I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm, I'm going to get up and I'm going to fight this guy. And then the guy stunned him in the second. And then he said, by the third round, I was like, well, I can knock him out. Well, he didn't knock him out. He said that was a change that he needed. And that's literally what catapulted him to where he is now. Uh, so it's going to be great to see that. That's going to be happening on Saturday night. And you know, uh, you got to make sure to follow the voice on Twitter because he's going to be talking about that literally as he always does. It's probably some of the best play-by-play uh, -play that you can get in his excitement. And he'll tell you, he won't give predictions, but he'll tell you who won round. So that's going to be great. Um, so make sure that you tune in, uh, tune into that in a voice. I know that you said you had one last word you want to get in about PFL three. That's also going to be taking place. Yes, sir. Uh, this is the last fight in their Vegas residency and it features the welterweights and the lightweights. It'll be headlined by last season's welterweight champ, Sadabusi, who's facing the Jordanian lion. I'm not even going to try his name. We're just going <laughs> to stick with the nickname. Uh, another fight of note on that card, uh, you got the Canadian gangster who won the uh, championship last year, Olivier Obama Mercier, taking on PFL debutante Shane Burgos from uh, the UFC. So this is, is going to be uh, a nice little card on Friday on ESPN2 or ESPN Plus uh, if you've got that. All right. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode. It's MTMV Sports getting you ready for this week's combat sports. Make sure to follow The Voice on Twitter. Get the best of. Get his hot takes. Get his random takes. Get all his takes. It's Voice Leroy. Um, MTMV Sports. We are a group of individuals who love sports just like you do, and we love to talk about it. Uh, we have some amazing things uh, not only coming up that have just uh, just happened. You got some amazing shows from uh, not the same podcast, uh, the main card. You got the V Report. Uh, you've got uh, HBCU um, coverage with Miss Marva. You've got MVP University. You got Full Ninety Four. You get to see me twice a week. Why would you not want to see me twice a week? Make sure that you visit our website, MTMVPN. Get your merch. Uh, subscribe to us anywhere that you can see podcasts, Spotify, Apple. I know it's a couple other places. My producer is going to, uh, he's going to, he's going to go off because I'm not remembering everything. But thank you for continuously supporting us. Um, please like, share, and subscribe. That's all I got. Voice, take us out, sir. Until next time, fight the good fight. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.